Hey, you made it to Talitha Combe, the Little Girl Arrives, a space where women come together and uplift each other. I'm Christina Breen. Let's get into it. Hi, Marina. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. How's Thank it going? You. you know, it's been a good day. We woke up. We did some things. We're here. I think my part is just the woke up part. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, too. That's important. It's, it's a really important part of our day. Yeah, I'm really happy it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too, actually. I'm, I'm very happy you woke up today. <laughs> As opposed uh, to alternatives, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's other alternatives for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank God. <laughs> um, Marina, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about why you're here and what brought you here and yeah, and what we're yes. talking about today? Yes, a little elevator speech. Yes. Um, okay. Um, well, to begin with, I'm Coptic Orthodox, as you are. And that's something that I think really strings us together. And it's a, definitely a very big part of my identity and how I process things and um, how I view the world, that's for sure. Um, in terms of where God has led me um, to this point of my life, um, I'm currently a first year medical student. So we're talking like 10 weeks into medical school, you know, we. We just had a good time. I did my first dissection ever, broke some ribs on a cadaver. Oh, <laughs> okay. You don't appreciate that. I do. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure the rest um, of the Catholic community will more than appreciate it. <laughs> um, but moving on, <laughs> um, besides breaking people's ribs, I think I do other cool things. Um, with my life, I'm trying to think. During my free time, I really like to read. Um, I'm reading an amazing book called When Helping Hurts right now that has a lot to do with our subject at hand, which is service. Um, a good friend of mine, Andrew Mirabotris, who I don't talk to often, but when I do, he has really big impact on my life. Yes, and I can tell you vibe with that. Um, he's the one who recommended that book. So um, just like a little shout out to him for that. Um, I like to read. I like to socialize, hang out with friends. I like to go on hikes. I like to do some adventurous things, whether it's like skydiving or cliff jumping or whatever it may be. Um, I like to invest in people's stories. I really like to hear people's stories. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I remember you were telling me about the book. I think we were talking about it, and I think that led us to kind of um, to hear because we had such a beautiful conversation about what service is and and why um and how it's impacted us and like not only that but also how it's sometimes like trying to find that that piece of service that we're supposed to be doing um is quite difficult as well yes um, so then that brings me to um unheard cries so what brought you and um how has what what is unheard cries to you i guess the mission statement slash how did it get started Yes. Okay. So that's definitely a very, very, very big part of my life as well. Um, so I, I spoke a little bit about my Coptic identity, which um, just in case folks don't know, um, that's kind of a way of just saying I'm an Egyptian Christian, which means I'm like a minority of a minority. And so is Christine. And so are probably a lot of people who are listening to this. Um, but anyways, I think being Coptic has always created this sort of sensitive, warm spot in my heart um, for the Middle East and for denting Middle Eastern poverty um, and also for persecution in general. People always ask me like, hey, what does persecution have to do with poverty? Those are like two completely different issues. But to me, they're really interconnected because if you're not able to walk out of your door safely, that creates a lot of issues in terms of finding job opportunities. And if you're constantly discriminated against, that also creates a lot of problems in terms of job opportunities and just being able to breathe and feel like you can contribute to society and that you are accepted, right? Mm -hmm. um, and all of these things. 
So um, to, to go into some kind of like more personal stories. Um, okay. Christine, you always tell me I'm allowed to cry. <laughs> yes, I do. So <laughs> we're going to start off strong today. Um, Beautiful. So I remember it was my mom's birthday. Um, and it was actually also Palm Sunday. So don't like stone me for celebrating her birthday on Palm Sunday. I know that's when we're supposed to slide into Holy Week. But we are celebrating my mom's birthday. and. I remember we were at my aunt's house and she had made like this vegan macaron bechamel and it was a beautiful day and it was wonderful. And we turn on the TV and on the screen, we see that my uncle's, it's so funny, we actually took a selfie and it, is, it was like in the background, like the TV screen. And my uncle's church had just been bombed. But it wasn't just one uncle, two uncles on opposite sides of Egypt. Both of their churches were bombed that day. And it was just so crazy to me, like hearing my dad go to one side of the room and contact his family because it was uncle on that side. And then hearing my mom and my aunt go to the other side of the room and having them check up on family because, you know, different uncle on the other side and it was just so like whoa that just happened right and so things like this have always really created a soft spot for the middle east um because really we are just one little green card away from being in that situation where every day is a day where you really don't know what's going to happen. And thank God, thank God, in certain Middle Eastern countries, things have gone better, but still very far from where things should be. So that led me like a mixture of events and this burning passion that like, it was, it was just something that wouldn't go away. It led me to start a club in high school. And I'll tell you how we thought of the name. I remember I was recruiting people and I, I think I've told you this before that like being so young, it's, it was such a beautiful thing to start this organization because out of my simplicity and out of sort of like being in this naive, I don't know, I don't know what the word is uneducated simple person who just was like yeah like we can we can do anything right mm -hmm. like i used to just be so bold and brave and like i just wouldn't really think of the consequences of things i would just do it you know mm -hmm. and so i i would like go and literally like during club rush and things like that i would be screaming like do you have any idea what's happening in the Middle East? People are getting their fingers chopped off for their religion and da 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 da, -da. right? And all these people would just like, you know, like even my own friends, I think they got kind of scared of me, like, you know? Um, and I remember this one guy, he stopped and he was like, that sounds like a horror movie. And then he walked away and I was like, I mean, he's not completely wrong. And so so there was this series when I was younger, it was called Cries Unheard. And it was all about like these crazy, terrible things that happen in the world. And so I took Cries Unheard and I switched the words and that formed Unheard Cries, which is exactly what I think the Middle East is. Um, when you talk to people about the Middle East, a lot of them would be like, that, those are rich oil countries. What do you mean? What are you doing denting poverty there? And they have no idea. I wish I could take those people, hold them by the hand, teleport them to j for just two seconds to any location um, that we've served and show them what it's like. And I think that they'd be very surprised. But anyways, um, what we would do is um, we would collaborate with certain nonprofits, just donate towards them. And then it came to the tail of my high school um, years. And the passion was 
very much present and even louder and more vigorous than it was before. It definitely did not, it definitely didn't stop. And I was really interested in not just helping like Egypt, like as a, as a country or maybe like one other country that we had supported during my time in high school. I was really interested in workshopping and serving the Middle East as a whole. And so I did some Googling, you know, I thought it would, thought it would be simple. And I started looking up like nonprofits in the Middle East, you know, seeing what's there. And it was like page after page after page after page. I couldn't find any results. And I think what really was like, what really, really pushed me to form this nonprofit um, was just the fact that when I went to the Middle East, I saw so much. So the summer before I graduated high school, I went to three places. I went to Egypt, I went to Turkey, and I went to Israel and Palestine. Um, that we, we were driving across the border. So that's why I, I merged the two together. Um, I remember when I went to Turkey, it was right after the bombing had happened in the airport, like literally three days after. Um, and that was just, it was really crazy to me to see, to see that and the way that it affected people's lives and the way that it affected people's families' lives. Um, and I'm really glad that I got to go still because I got to see Augia Sophia before it was once again taken from our Christian community. Um, when I went to Egypt, I think this is the story that always really gets me, but I, I was talking <clears throat> to a servant who told me that she heard something coming from a trash can and it was a thrown away baby. And as you know, adoption is not a concept in Egypt, like, um, because of reasons um, I don't need to go into. But that was really like, woo, like there's no way story. And so many other stories from, you know, the, the grandma that's taking care of her grandkids because their parents passed away in a bombing and she has kidney failure and she doesn't know if she's going to live and she lives in a one bedroom apartment that the church is paying for. And all of these stories and all of these people that I met and just realizing the gap between how I live and how they live. They went to Turkey. I'm sorry, not Turkey, Palestine. I saw so many kids who should have been in school and should have had an education and should be just, forget education, should be playing on the playground or playing with Barbie dolls or whatever it may be, but they weren't. They were selling Kleenexes instead of doing things and investing in their lives and learning things. And again, there was a big gap between how I lived and how they lived. So when I came back home, it was like, I cannot look into these people's eyes and tell them that I don't want to help them or that I can't help them. There's no excuse, absolutely no excuse. And so again, there came the Googling of like, can I get involved in nonprofit that serves these countries? How can I do this? And when, there, when I came to the conclusion that at least there was no online presence for any nonprofit that serves the Middle East as a region, that's when I decided that, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna, you know, 16-year-old me, I wasn't even, at this point in time, it wasn't even legal for me to have a business bank account. Like, I had to have my dad make it for me and um, just make me, like, have access to it. 
and how to file all of the 1023s and the forms and file with Secretary of State and, and all of these things. And it got done. And that was, it was like, you know, you see the unheard cries is such a big part of my life. And I would say that that was the day that it really, really, really became such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for allowing me to cry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can go on a whole spiel about crying. <laughs> I think it's in the name that if other people who are suffering get to cry, people who care and advocate for them, we get to cry too. Um, and, um, and if Christ wept, then we should freely weep as well and especially for those who we care for. Um, I just, I think it's like, just like laughing, you wouldn't stifle a laugh. I don't think we should stifle cries. I'm not gonna go on it too far. I love crying though. So thank you. <laughs> I know you do, I know. <laughs> wow, and you know, I, every single thing, like, I think that strong feeling that when you return is like the, the key factor, because I think, a lot of us can say that we've been on mission trips. We've gone and seen different circumstances. Even our own family members could be living in these types of circumstances. And we come back and we feel these ways. We feel like, you know, life is a little bit like, whoa, you know what I mean? This is so weird. Um, but then that feeling goes away, you know? And like, you want to do something about it, but then you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to tackle what's going on? Poverty of the world. It's overwhelming. Um, so it's amazing that Christ put it in you that was just like, no, you're actually going to do something. Let's go up, up, like, <laughs> come on. Um, and that's even better that, like you said, like you were trying to find the word for, um, you know, naive or innocence, but I think it's, um, it, it's just like that. Um, like I think I, how I would say it too, is like freely following the Holy spirit and not, and not thinking of worldly consequences, um, to it. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome that like little you did that. Um, so where are you today with Unheard Cries or what does that like, how has this led into how you serve the world or like how you see the world through service? Absolutely. So I guess I'll start with the first question. Um, where are we at right now? So when we first started, we were like a five member, five member board and um, I, I don't even think we had a website until like a few months in um, and all of these things. Um, but God has graced us so, so, so much. Um, I know I've told you this before and you're like, what? <laughs> but we're like a, sometimes I lose count, but we're like a 35 member board now of really amazing and passionate people who are here solely for the reason that they care yeah. and they are invested and they have a relationship with the people that we serve and they really just want to see the Middle East possibly be what it used to be or I don't I don't know what the word is but to be different mm -hmm. um, and all of these most of the people that I serve with also have very personal connections to the Middle East and I think that they channel a lot of the passion that they have through unheard cries in terms of projects and things like that the way that it used to be is we used to kind of just all hands on deck everyone doing everything but now we have teams for every country and then we sort of form almost like temporary committees for the countries that we don't have teams for mm -hmm. so currently we have of a team for Palestine, a team for Turkey, um, a starting up like very new team for Syria, wow. um, as well as a team for Egypt. Um, we've done work in other countries uh, like Lebanon is one that comes to mind. Um, I'm trying to think of other countries, but it's slipping my mind right now. Um, yeah, and it's it's really amaz amazing to see like all of these different people with all different talents, right? Like God gave each person a talent, whether it be publicity or technical management or like being project leads or communication or whatever. And it's it's amazing to see them come together 
and to produce something so beautiful Mm -hmm. and to produce it in such a way that you can tell that the verse, like, in as much as you did to my brother and you did to me, right? Like, what you do to them, you are doing to me as me being, not me, Marina, but Christ, right? They do it with that kind of passion. They do it really with, like, a full heart that's full of love. And I I love them and I appreciate them so, so, so much. But much more importantly, I know all the people that we serve in the Middle East love them and appreciate them so, so much. In terms of how I view the world, and this is something that I think is is evolving by the day, right? Yeah. Um, with, I believe the statistic is 40% of the world living on two day, $2 or less a day. Um, that's definitely changed my perception of the world, right? Because I, you know, I showed you my shoe rack earlier. <laughs> Right. I have two pairs of Uggs, which I think go for like $150 each. Both of them are gifts, but <laughs> uh, we're very thankful for them. Um, so we're talking $300 total in just furry boots, um, which is how much 150 people live on. So if I were to sell those Uggs, I I could provide for 150 families. And so it's, it definitely changes the way that I view the world a lot of times in terms of how I choose to spend, right? Um, things like that. Um, I think, sorry, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. No. This is, this is a big question. How do you view the world? It's a, it's a big question. I think learning also what I'm thankful for, mm-hmm. right? When we stand up in prayer in the morning and say, let us give thanks to the beneficent and merciful God. He's given us so, so much. And I remember growing up all the time, people would say like, think of life if you were to wake up tomorrow with only the things that you think thanked God for tonight, right? And that's, it's just a crazy, right? Yeah, I, I, see, I see you are visually like, what? But it's like, imagine, like I, I stand up and like, let's say I thank God for 10 things. Can you imagine if I only woke up with those 10 things tomorrow? There's so, so, so much to thank God for. And I think that seeing the condition of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East has really helped me highlight that. Like, you know, we we have relationships with families who like, for example, I'll speak about one family in specific whose, whose daughter is epileptic. And if any folk has any epileptic friend, they know that it's, it's really just, there's a lot of layers to it. And there's a lot of layers to the treatment and it's in it like just by itself, that's, it's something to, to handle and to give a lot of attention to. But these, this family is living in, in a shack, like, like just some wood nailed together. Doesn't, they don't have a floor. They, it's like just the shack on the dirt. And so they're living, and I was talking to our on-ground, I haven't visited them, but our on-ground representatives have visited them. And they t- she told me like, I can't, I don't even remember the Arabic words, but they were very, just they like really shook me. I, I like inappropriately laughed when she told me this, but she was like, the things like the animals and the bugs that I see are like so large and to the point that I have to Google what they are because I've never seen anything like them in my life. And so it's just crazy to think that they're living in these conditions that they're barely able to afford their basic necessities like food and water. And their daughter's medication is like a whole different situation. They also have, I believe, two other sons. Sometimes I get families mixed up, but I I believe they also have two other sons. And so trying to put them in a good educational system, because as we know, public school in the Middle East um, is very different than public school here, right? To get a good education in a lot of Middle Eastern countries means you're going to a private school and you're paying a lot of money and things like that. And 
to know like we want to invest in their education so that they're able to sort of you know make their way out of of the situation and to support themselves um all of these things like i i am living and i have a room and there's carpet in my room that even though it gives me asthma at night like I'm very thankful for it and i have light and that's wonderful and i can see the things around me even if it's dark and all of these things are just really 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 i have a roof over my head which is a whole nother thing like we are in the process currently of starting a project where we're going to sponsor 15 families roofs right because when you think of the winter and we think of like the cold and all the microorganisms that could enter into your house and cause infection all of these things um i'm very thankful um that that you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely a new lens like it kind of like puts it over the like <clears throat> American society, materialism, capitalism thing. Like there's a new thing that kind of comes on where it's just like, this isn't, this isn't it. There's something different going on in the rest of the world. That kind of leads me to ask, um, because you, you live double lives, right? You have um, this whole like, 35 person committee that is dedicated to service out in the Middle East. But on top of that, you are a med student and you're in medical school and you are weighed down, not necessarily weighed down by service, but you have a lot going on here, but also you have a lot going on in your own education and what you're trying to tackle as well. What would you say is like, how would you serve when you have nothing, you have very low energy or you have nothing to give or you feel like there's not enough hours in the day to take on what you're trying to take on, which is the entire Middle East, you know? Absolutely. Um, I think one thing that really, really did change my life is praying in the morning. So when I went to Hawaii this summer, um, you know, Buena Nostasi, right? We've, yeah, we've talked about how much we love him. <laughs> Uh, he and may the devil stay away from him and Andrew Muir Blisters and all the people that we're mentioning today that are freaking amazing and um, that I absolutely love with my whole heart yeah. um but he told me something that really changed my life and now it's actually you know how you could set like a little caption for your alarm mm -hmm. like a little message um it's not like the message of my um of my alarm he told me there's a difference between getting up and praying and getting up to pray. So we'll say that one more time. There's a difference between getting up and praying and getting up to pray. Yeah. And he told me a lot about how, cause he is, you know, he's uh, a monk, mm -hmm. but he's doing a lot of service in the world. And he told me a lot about how in the monastery, um, you know, monks rise up really early and it's not just because they're morning people who, you know, want to see the sunrise. Um, it's because they're getting up to pray. They're not getting up and praying. They're making the time and going to sleep. They're telling themselves, I cannot wait to speak to my Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ in the morning. And I'm making that time and that space. And I want to start my day speaking to God. And so that really, really, really just completely changed my life. It was just in every single way, it completely, completely changed my life, right? Getting up early in the morning and speaking to God and not relying on my own love, but relying on the love and the kindness and the compassion that God has poured into me and has given me, and he has an infinite source, right? So he just pours and pours and pours into us. And relying on that to give to others, that has absolutely changed my life. And not, not just in terms of unheard cries, not just in terms of school, not like in everything, in, in my mood, in the way that I, I deal with people, in my relationships, in everything, 
relying on that source has, has just completely changed the game. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Marina, but uh, you secondhandly changed my life in like almost a moment. I had, um, I had come back to visit uh, a couple of my friends who were her previous roommates um, in the middle of like a really, really, really difficult time in my life. And I was in my um, teaching credential and I had zero energy in myself and in my and everything that I was doing and especially in service and like who I thought I was and then like that source, right? That we get everything from. And we were sitting in her room talking and praying and crying. And, um, and then um, I was telling her about it and I, it, it, in Marina's room, in her previous room, it was almost like a church, which is beautiful that she sets it up that way. But um, you had that poster of Pope Shenouda and um, I, I looked at it and just like instantly, almost like was brought to tears, but also was trying to hold myself. And I was like, that's a really beautiful poster. And she just gets up, pulls it off the wall and she's like, it's yours. And um, the quote on the poster is, if you have nothing to give to people, give them a warm smile and a kind word, give them love, give them tenderness, give them a word of encouragement, give them your heart by Pope Shenouda. And um, I don't know if you know this, but like that stayed in my room and in my room once I became a teacher and um, is now sitting in my parents' house. And it got me through almost every morning. Every single morning I would wake up, open my eyes, see it and realize, okay, if I have nothing, just give that one thing. Like I can do this, I can, I can give a little bit. Um, even when I'm running on like zero, my gas tank is so low that, um, that there's still always something to give, even in those circumstances. And even I'm sure in your service, you can see that those people who are living in these circumstances and who it looks like it's a low to us, right, are still trying to give. And I'm sure you have a million of those stories too, of like, yeah, come on in, you know what I mean? Like, and they are so welcoming and even amongst the mayhem and the, the difficult things of life. And I, I've experienced a lot of that with monks and nuns and um, people who are living in the villages. I've never experienced um, people that kind and that ready to give in any circumstance. You know, Christine though, I want you to know that you're way more of a giver than you think. You give a lot. You really, really, really do. And it, the smile, it's beautiful and it means the world to me, but girl, you give of your time, you give of your stories, you give of your love. You are a phenomenal human. And I'm, I know that this isn't the time to talk about it. So I'm going to stop myself, <laughs> but we'll talk later. You, you are, uh, I love you, Christine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I have a few more questions for you. Um, what are some, like, I think you kind of answered yeah. this, but I, I think I wanted to hear a little bit more specifically so that other people can um, kind of grasp, can grasp it for themselves as well. And I, we had this really long conversation about how God puts that, like this type of service on our heart and how yours came really early and ours is probably in there, but we may be ignoring it, but, um, before we do that, tell us the ups and downs of service. Like, how do you stay in it? How do you hear God and, like, in the Holy Spirit within what you're doing? Like, um, even on the hard days or in the days where it was just five people, you know? Like, what, what pushed you into that? Okay, today was good or today was not so good, but let's keep going. Yeah. Um, it, with the keep going part, I, I really think it's, it's prayer. It's really just involving God in our lives and again, doing everything for the glory of his name. And in as much as you did to my brother and you, you did to me. So every time, you know, we, <laughs> we clothe the naked, we feed the hungry, <laughs> we do all of these things as if we are you know, we see Christ on the cross 
and we are clothing him. We, we see him hungry and we give him a meal and really seeing him through all these scenarios. But that's, I would say in terms of, okay, let me, sorry, I'm going to go backwards, forwards. We're going to, it's kind of, it's a spaghetti, you know, like you, yeah. you've heard the terms, girls are like spaghetti, guys are like waffles. Yeah. This is going to be spaghetti. So um, one of the things that I also like really try to start my day with is reading the will of God prayer. So if we like, if we go on, again, this is like a more Coptic thing, but something that's available to everyone. If we go on Coptic Reader, which is an app that's available on any app store, mm-hmm. um, and we go on like the special category, oh, no, no, sorry, Igbeya, and then prayers, there is um, a category called guidance. And I love it because I'm gonna, I don't have it memorized, but I'm just gonna read the first line. Lord, you are aware that I do not know what is good for me. And now that I'm about to start dot, dot, dot. So I love the fact that there's a dot, dot, dot. This is like, to my knowledge, one of the like single prayers that has one of the single written prayers that has that dot, dot, dot. And it's just like, it's a time for, for me as Marina and you as Christine and whoever else in the world to really just spill everything that they want guidance on. And so in that moment, every morning, I, you know, I say with unheard cries, I say with the things that I'm involved in, I say with the issues, like a lot of issues that I'm experiencing in my life, right. That I really, that I'm really asking for Christ's guidance on. And that I really believe like I am putting it in his hands and I am cutting my ties between it. And I'm, you know, just like a, a little girl does to her father. Like, you know, we just, we say like, I need you. I, I really, 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 really need you. And that makes the world's difference. And um, those are, you know, when I do stick with prayer and yeah, I'm, I'm just really invested in my relationship with God. And when my eyes are constantly on him, those are the highs, right? Um, in terms of lows, this is what I'll say. I think, like, for me, this is probably easier to, like, characterize. Um, I think the lows, my lowest in terms of service was actually when I hyper-focused on unheard cries. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I was so graceful to have like amazing, but like amazing and emotionally intelligent and wonderful, caring, loving people in my life who were still able to call me out on things that I were doing wrong, right? Like we all have those friends that I mean, they will tell us and they will pinpoint it and it will be like, whoa, I really need to change this. And so at some point in time in my life, not some point in time as if it was years ago, this was literally like, I don't know, eight months ago or something. Mm -hmm. I was really, really, really hyper-focused on unheard cries and unheard cries became what I like breathed, ate, like everything, right? And then that, that made me lose sight of serving all of the people around me in my life, right? Because service is not one of those, you know, like I'm going to get on my laptop and I'm going to create like a project proposal for unheard. It's like everything. It's what we breathe. It's, it's a love language, right? Like it happens all the time, all day, every day without us even knowing it. It's, it's the high that you say to the person that you see while you're walking to school. It's, you not aggressively, I don't know, honking or being rude to someone like on while you're driving. It's, it's all of these things, right? And so I was really, really hyper-focused on unheard cries and I just really lost, sought, lost sight of that. Um, and again, I'm very happy that people called me out on it because it just made me realize that like, this is not what God wants for me. God does not want me to just be like, I'm going to serve the, this group of people and everyone that's not in this box. Uh-uh. Like again, service is the air that we breathe. It's not, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Is it, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for pointing out the, the guidance prayers. I have, I don't know. I have just never, I bypassed that. I'm just like, well, 
confession and communion. <laughs> and I've never looked at the other ones. Um, There's a prayer before you eat and after you eat, too. I don't know if they have that on Cop Degree, but they, they uh, do. It's meals do. before and after. How have I never seen these? Like my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. No, I totally get it. They're also like hidden in the back of the egg baya. Like they're like, yeah. So <laughs> I get wow. it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Seriously though. Thank you for sharing that one. And of course, like kind of like pointing out that like service doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to make a nonprofit right now just to serve people. Um, it, it's, it's anything and everything. It's those active little acts of kindness, whether it's within your family. Um, something, I mean, I, I just, I, I love Mother Teresa and something that she said is that if you want to change the world, go home and serve your family. Um, yeah. And she's just like, that one would hit me so hard because I always thought that I was supposed to be out in the world and, you know, doing the Peace Corps and like doing all this other stuff, um, which is still something that's like kind of on my heart. I don't know where it's going to go. But um, with that said, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only way to serve is by doing mission trips and by doing service trips and by you know, dedicating your life to some other country. Like it's about serving those around you too and the people that need you. Um, and you have a responsibility to as well and giving those. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I share something with you? I don't know why I just thought of it. Yes. Okay. So just on the point of like random little acts of service, right? Like my roommates, for example, they are the queens of this. They are so, so, so good at it. Like, I will literally, I'm going to pull up my text with one of my roommates. Um, I love you, Emily Pichet. <laughs> She's the love of my life, okay? I absolutely love her. Like, she'll, she'll just text me. Like, I, I literally, I'm going through my text, and it's, like, all these random, adorable, like, I love you. Have a great day. You're going to do great. Like, trust in yourself, like all of these little, like little messages that I'm just like, oh my God, God sent you to me today. Like, thank you. And she'll like, she's just phenomenal. Like I'll be, you know, medical school, you do have to study a good, a great deal. And I'll be studying downstairs and I'll be like, Emily, I don't think I'm going to finish. And then she's like, no, like, I don't want you to have that mindset. Like be positive. And because she told me that, and I just, I believe that, you know, like I need to have this positive mindset and thank you God for sending me this message. And I'll get way more done that day because she just spent one second of her day telling me like, Hey, don't forget to be positive. And same thing with like all of my roommates, they are all phenomenal and they just, all these little acts of service all the time. Um, and I love them a lot. <laughs> Shout out to the roommates. Thank you guys mm -hmm. so much for taking care of Marina Joseph. We need her and we need you guys. <laughs> Um, and thanks for the, the, the service. Um, I think that actually brings us to our last question here. And I know it's kind of like a really arbitrary one, but I, I think it's, it's fun to hear what you would, you would mandate for the world. So if you can mandate one act of kindness that everyone would have to do, what would it be? <laughs> okay, first of all, you know I'm really bad with the one, but I, I will... <laughs> Uh, if you ever meet Marina in real life, ask her about her favorite anything, uh, because she will not tell you anything. <laughs> okay, give me a few. Not your favorite act. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll, you know, this is this is a this is a difficult question. Um, la la la. la. We're gonna try to get our thoughts together. Okay, so one thing that I've really come to realize with the book that I'm re reading is that service is something that's highly relational. So I'll give you an example. Like, Christine, let me, like, let's say you and I, we decide, hey, we're going to create hygiene kits. We're going to get together and we're going to make 100 hygiene kits. And we're going to pass them out in downtown Los Angeles or like whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I think by just going there and being like, here's a bag, here's a bag, here's a bag, here's a bag, take a bag. We're really not doing much. Mm -hmm. That service at its core is this like 
intimately relational process where we invest in other people's lives. And people invest in our lives too, because I, I mean, me being the first, I am so grateful to be like that God has sent me so many people to serve me in so many different capacities, whether it be like when I have a problem and someone's willing to, to spend the time to talk to me and workshop through it or whatever it may be, right? But so it goes both ways. Um, but what do we do in these relationships? Well, I think we all know this, but this book like really just like, like bullet points it. We help restore four key relationships. So our relationship with God, our relationship with others, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with creation. So for example, like, you know, I have like workaholic tendencies <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better. And again, like a lot of people in my life are helping me to do that. And that, what does that mean? It means that my relationship with others are more than likely suffering because of those tendencies, right? So that's a relationship that needs to be restored. My relationship with God, right? And just trying my best to wake up in the morning and be like, you know, we are going to invest in this relationship, right? And, and continuously, like that, that one, the cap is infinite, right? So we're continuously growing and having our ups and downs there. Our relationship with creation, right? So we've had a lot of conversations about this, Christine. You know, I stopped using plastic bags. I, I need to show you my bento box. <laughs> yeah. It's the cutest thing ever. It's a, everyone needs to buy one of these. All of you guys who are students, especially, or like, I don't know, like pack your lunch. It's this two-tiered amazing bento box. And <laughs> it's from Amazon. Please buy it. It's how you, like, this is how I store my lunch. I no longer use any plastic bags. Um, so it's, it's my relationship with creation, right? It's like, I'm going to like limit my plastic use so that less plastic gets in the ocean and we save the turtles, right? Like, that's not exactly how it is, but like, that's like a rough yeah. synopsis of it. Um, and you know, we stopped using, I stopped using paper towels, right? Like we, we started, you told me about like this whole rag idea of like using rags instead of paper towels and that changed my life. <laughs> and so like, that's one way that I try my best to facilitate my relationship with creation. I, so hard because I like they're like you know the demon and the angel that are sitting on your shoulder one of them is like go to sea world it's so fun you always have such a good time <laughs> and the other one is like no don't go to sea world okay like you know you haven't watched blackfin and you're purposely avoiding it but <laughs> whatever okay like I have not gone to sea world for like two years now right and <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, I hate, I love, oh, you know, you know the dilemma. I do. Anyway. I, my problem with zoos is that I need to go because I want to see the animals, but then I want to go and free them. And I, I think that's frowned upon. You can't really do that. But. You know, Christine, I think we should do that together. I think yeah. hand in hand, we should go to a zoo. We should take some freaking massive like wire cutters and just <laughs> cut through all of the cages and say, okay, you guys, you guys are free. We did you all a favor and then have Tiger is running around California. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a perfect idea. I think so too. Um, that's a relationship with creation, right? Our relationship with ourselves, right? Like spending time in stillness. Oh my God, I cannot, I cannot thank God enough for COVID because of the stillness. Like he, he was like, I am mandating stillness. Like that's the message that I got in my life. And that has been so, so incredibly life-changing. As someone who used to function on an hour by hour, like literally every single second of the day, like, you know, like I knew what I was doing. And then with COVID and like so many of my extracurriculars and projects and whatever, were just like, goodbye, right? It has been so nice to practice stillness. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what I want to say, sorry, this is like a long answer to... Uh, um, the question, but <sighs> I think it's so important to focus on the relational aspect of service and to view service through the lens of these four key relationships mm -hmm. and to empower folks to really just work on these relationships and improve them. 
obviously myself being the first, right? So like one thing that's really important is we don't go into service thinking these people are broken and I'm here to fix them. No, we are all, all, all broken. There are some things that you've figured out that I haven't figured out. And there might be some things I've figured out that you haven't figured out, right? But we are all broken just in different ways and we're here to support each other where my strengths complement someone's weaknesses and someone's strengths complement my weaknesses, right? So that's that. Yeah, so that's the mandate is to use that lens to be able to see the relationships that are suffering and what we can do with them. Yes, that's it. Oh, I have a last question, um, and this is more of a logistical one, but people who feel just as passionate about what you feel passionate about how can they get involved and how can they help and what would you advise for us um, to get involved with Unheard Cries, et cetera? Yeah, we love involvement in Unheard Cries. Thank you. Oh my God. I don't even have to like, it's a completely shameless plug now. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So if you are passionate about venting Middle Eastern poverty through the love of Christ, right? Like investing in these people's lives, um, visit our website, unheardcriescharity.org, uh, and we have a leadership tab. And so go on that leadership tab, and it's going to take you through this almost like mini survey where it's going to ask you, no matter how old you are, no matter what experience level you have, no matter what your talents are, I promise you there is a place for you here as long as you are willing to, to just create that time and space in your life for it. Um, but yeah, do you just go on the leadership tab and it will be like, oh, do you, like, we have a lot of clubs, right? Like UCI, UCR, UCLA, Clovis North, Buchanan, like all these different clubs, right? So if you want to start, if you're in school and you want to start a club, we would love that. Like, please apply to, to be a founder of a club. If you want to become part of our board, oh my God, I cannot tell you enough how much we love, 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 and get so excited over board applications. Um, and so just fill out the application. It shouldn't take more than like, I don't know, 10 minutes, something like that. Um, the, we do have some questions that you do have to fill out, but I think that we, we, uh, the request is like three to four sentences. Um, so hopefully not too bad. Fill out the application. We'll get back to you um, as soon as possible and start there. So leadership is, is huge. There's, again, a, a space for anyone who is passionate about this. So no matter what your talent is, we will, we'll find the place for you to serve. Okay. And if we don't have necessarily that, how could we help just in general with the, with it? Like volunteer wise, things like that volunteer or donation or how could we do any of those things yes okay so um as for a sort of like volunteer place i'm going to be completely honest um we do not have like a volunteer like internship program right now it's either like you become a club founder if you're a student or a board member if that's um something that you're interested in but that's a really good point that maybe that's something that we should develop um in terms of donations People, you know, sometimes it's hard to talk about money and charities and things like that. Um, you know, there's, there's so much love and kindness and compassion, but it's also important to just note that like, when we, when we say like we provided food for these families in Yemen, when we say that we provided this, like these material items for sexual abuse victims in Turkey who needed to escape from their previous partners. When we say that we fed X, Y, and Z families um, for in Palestine, when we say these things, it's because we bought the food, we bought, you know, these items, like the money goes into it. And so it's just important to, to note that, that it's, you can't really buy food without money. Um, there are so many different ways of donating. So if you go on our website, there is a donate button on the upper right hand corner. Feel free to press it anytime. Just go press, 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 press that button. We love it when people press that button. Um, and it's a super easy process. 
sometimes we get really awesome, like huge donations and some that we also really appreciate our monthly donations, our recurring donations. We really, really do appreciate those just because it lets us know like, okay, like maybe, you know, you're thinking of donating $3,000 or $100 or whatever it is, right? Like, and I'm telling you $1, $1,000, God's going to bless it, whatever it is. Um, but sometimes it's nice instead of getting like one huge donation is to get smaller reoccurring donations over the month, over the months, just so that we know like how much we should expect to have so that we know how much, like how many families we can sponsor and things like that realistically, if that makes sense over the long term. Um, we also like on our Facebook page, there's a donate button there. Um, we're starting with sponsorships and campaigns. We have a few projects, um, like produce for Palestine, roofs for Egypt and, um, assistance for sexual abuse victims in Turkey that like, we're going to have more, I don't know how to explain it, but like where you can sponsor like almost like individual families instead of just put your money in a big pool of donations. So that's like another way. We also have Venmo, which, um, <laughs> is very popular among, um, among youth. Um, if you just, it, I, I believe that the at is like at unheard cries charity. It's something, and our logo is there. So you really can't miss it. Um, yeah, it might be at unheard dash cries. Okay. <laughs> just so that, you know, you don't, can I tell you a funny story? Yes. While we're looking at this. Hey, so I got this Venmo request, um, from who I believe to be my roommate and she Venmo requested like me and other friends she like in quotes um and she said like oh guys I'm like in the line for groceries I really really need like I, I forgot my car or card in the wallet wait what my my wallet in the car that's what I meant to say oh, so like if you can just like spot me $300 and then I'll, I'll give it back to you ASAP anyways I tried to do it it, it wouldn't go through like I don't know why but maybe I was broke at the time I have no idea <laughs> like it would just wouldn't go through um, but my roommate actually, like our other friend, she got it to go through. And so she Venmoed her $300, um, expecting like, oh, like she's needed for groceries, give it back. It turned out that it was some weirdo who impersonated my roommate, like literally stole her picture and changed their Venmo name to her name um, and impersonated her and ha just started Venmo requesting all these people and multiple people had Venmoed her back. Um, but yeah, ju I just wanted the world to know that so that if anyone Venmo requests you $300 for groceries, be on the lookout. Okay. Oh my Text God. Call them before you, you fulfill that request. <laughs> wow. That person just got a lot of money. Absolutely. Was it a dash though? <laughs> it was a dash. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Under dash cries. <laughs> <laughs> um, any last words, Marina? Any anything you want to last things? Hmm. You know, can I tell you about one last thing? Actually, yeah. I guess you actually already agreed to that, so I'll just go ahead. Um, one thing that me and um my Sunday school class back home we did is we know that like Saint Anthony, right? He um he got inspired by just one verse, right? And that changed his life. It had a huge domino effect on his life. And so it just reminded me because I just opened up my phone. And so sometimes it's just, I feel like it's, there's so much beauty in just starting small and focusing on one thing, right? And we all decided in this Sunday school class that we we're going to pick one verse and that we were going to make it our screensaver and that this was going to be our St. Anthony verse. It's going to be the verse that we just focus on and that we, that really just changes our life. Um, for me, it's, it's love suffers long. Um, I actually have the whole thing, like love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not pray to itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Does not thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, enjoys all things, love never fails. So I have the whole shebang, but I just decided, you know, we'll start with love suffers long. Love suffers long. Um, 
And I just, I think that that's a beautiful place to start if anyone, um, if anyone's looking for that. Okay. I mean, and to be able to find that own service that we need, we do need that, like you said earlier, that overflowing love. And it's not just the love that we have for other people, but Christ himself has suffered long for us as well. And just knowing that he's there behind us to be able to take on whatever service or passion that he wants us to take on. I mean, it's going to be done. Wow. Um, I mean, hey, you just gave us some homework. So if anybody wants to focus, <laughs> focus on one verse and have that as their screensaver, um, now's your moment um, to find out what that is for you. That's it. All right. Um, thank you so much, Marina. Thank you, Christine. Talitha, I had a blast. Thanks for joining us. Please give us your feedback on any topics you'd be interested in. Until next time.